Hey everyone, welcome to Stegman and his amazing friends. I'm your co-host Ryan Stegman, here to give you a brief explanation of what you're about to listen to on this podcast. Uh, Each week, me and Griffin Sheridan will be talking to comics creators about what they do and why they do it. Um, In this first episode, we have Donnie Cates, my collaborator on Venom and Absolute Carnage. Uh, Donnie's going to be on as many episodes as possible, but, you know, we can't uh, have him on every single one because he's he travels a lot to do conventions and he's got a lot on his plate. So, um, you know, he'll be on whenever he can, which should be frequently. Uh, we also plan to have other creators on. Um, and, you know, I've reached out to quite a few and we're excited about who, you know, will be on here in the future. Um, but on this first episode, um, Donnie and me, we're going to do a commentary on issue one of the greatest comic series of all time, Venom. Uh, my buddy Griffin Sheridan is, he will be here. He's, um, been doing podcasts for years. Um, he actually interviewed me when, uh, he was in high school for when I was doing Superior Spider-Man and now he's all grown up and he's got a beard and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. I don't want to waste any more of your time. I just wanted to give you a heads up. So, um, Without further ado, let's get to it. Uh, Thanks for listening. How's it going, everybody? My name is Griffin Sheridan, and this is the inaugural episode of Stegman, Cates, and Bullshit, or whatever it's going to be called. (laughs) Ryan has just put out a tweet um, asking you guys, the fans, the listeners, what are we going to call this thing? We don't know, but we're going to know by the end of the episode. Um, like I said, I'm I'm Griffin. And, uh, of course, I'm sitting here with the titular guys themselves. Ryan Stegman, Danny Cates, they're here. What is going on, gentlemen? How you doing, buddy? I mean, I'm doing great. I'm just, a, I'm just some peasant living in your guys' world, all right? This is your show. I'm just bringing the folks into it. Um, mm-hmm. You said that exactly how I wrote that line for you, and you nailed it. <laughs> Thank I want you. you to know that. Thank you. Without any direction, might I add, this is a full. Yeah, like, as you did a great job, buddy. Thank you so much, Donnie. Um, guys, these two guys are are the two hottest names in comics right now. Whether they want to admit it or not, I'm gonna admit it to you. These guys are hot as shit. I'll admit it for sure. Yeah, no, I'll admit that. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> we're here, so then these guys can interact with uh, with the listeners and and bring you guys a new perspective on comics their perspective their unique take it's going to be fucking awesome if you ask me guys what do you think yeah i mean this is a pretty unique opportunity i was talking to donnie about this earlier but i i will i always love it when creators can connect with fans and i used to love um letters pages and you know then it kind of moved to internet forums when the internet started happening uh back you know way back in the day and uh now we have this opportunity where we can you know actually like talk about a comic book issue show art from it and and break it down how we came up with the stuff that we do and i think you know kids are gonna love it yeah i mean i the the i think the uh the the origin for this is that um Ryan and I have started doing these Venom uh, VIP events mm-hmm. uh, where fans uh, come and, and it's just a dedicated panel. It shows that it's just Ryan and I and uh, Frank Thierry, who's also done a lot of work uh, in the Venom verse. Um, your impression, real quick. And 
Oh, fucking Frank fucking Thierry. Fucking come over here and do some fucking venom work, all right? Um, and, uh, and we just had a blast doing it, and Ryan and I are uh, best homies, and we love working together, and we, um, we think that, we think that um, we're just uh, we're enamored with, with ourselves enough to where we yeah. think that everyone needs to listen in on our uh, very charming and unique viewpoints on everything. Absolutely. So here we are. Yeah, you guys mm -hmm. are like, hey, people like us, we should talk non-stop mm -hmm. just us exactly. about us yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> almost exclusively um real quick uh, venom sorry what is that what is venom uh venom is this character that ryan and i created um mm -hmm. about uh about a year and change ago okay mm -hmm. um he's like spider-man but cool is pretty much how we describe it okay. like if spider-man had an alien costume right and was cool yeah and like did cool stuff instead of being a nerd it's Spider-Man right. is, pretty much is a, a goddamn big muscles. Peter Parker is he's, fucking... Peter Parker is my fucking hero. Uh, yeah. No he's, denying he's, he's my hero, absolute though. best friend in life. You I wanted to go along with the joke, but I was also... I know, I can't, I, shit, about I can't shit on right Spider-Man. I love him so much. <laughs> hey, it's okay. I have another podcast about Spider-Man, so I'm allowed to say it because I spent hours and hours a week just talking right. about the guy, so I'm allowed to shit on him just a little bit. <laughs> I mean, he is a nerd. We can admit no, that. No, he is but, a nerd. You know, that doesn't a lovable mean you can't. He's, a nerd. he's absolutely a nerd, but he's the absolutely. best nerd. He's the number right. one. Yeah. I agree. That's our hot take on Spider-Man. We'll never talk about <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man again. Show over. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> what more need to be said, honestly? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So just just because we're, we're almost obligated to, right, uh, our first episode, you know, we're going to talk just a little bit about you guys, your careers, everybody talks, you know, oh, how did you get into comics and all that shit? Um, there's a billion and a half interviews with you guys, of course. So all mm -hmm. I want to know is, like, why you guys do comics. Ryan, let's start with you first. I don't need to know the, the, whole, the whole background, uh, the origin story. I just want to know why we're here talking and why you're doing mm -hmm. the work that you do. Uh, you know, lifelong obsession with drawing and telling stories. I, I wanted to be um, a writer also when I was younger. So, you know, I've kind of dipped in and out of that. But uh, I was obsessed with animation as a kid. And well, I, if I go back to the beginning, it was really that my sister, my older sister, is two years older. Mm -hmm. And uh, she loved to draw. And then, you know, she wasn't uh, super keen on the fact that she had a uh, brother two years younger than her because suddenly her thunder had been stolen so it was my way of impressing her mm -hmm. right so like I could draw and she'd be like wow that's really great and then we would connect and she would be nice to me for a little while and then uh, I got obsessed with animation I became an animation snob so early like it's crazy mm -hmm. and uh, I thought I wanted to be an animator saw that that looked like a real job uh, on a documentary and then was just like I, I picked up um, a Spawn issue when I was 15 or 14. And uh, I was like, this is what I want to do. I knew there was something I wanted to do with drawing. I thought, oh, maybe I'll be an architect. Maybe I'll be, you know, this or this or this. And it was just like I laser focused at that moment on comics and never, ever let that uh, dream go away. Absolutely. And hey, serving you well. Donnie, what mm -hmm. about you, man? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't been doing this for as long as Ryan. Um, I, I've only really, I've only been doing a, a like a, a, a professional writer for like six, seven years. Um, I didn't start writing until like 2009. Um, 
I, I grew up as a like a lifelong comic book fan, obviously, and then um, I ran a like a chain of comic book stores here in Austin. Um, into the ground, and, and I ran them into the ground. Yeah, Ryan knows all my punchlines <laughs> and is going to get them get to them before I am. Thanks, Dick. Um, hey, I ran them all into the ground, and then um, I was always an artist and a, a sculptor. Um, I grew up like obsessed with like Randy Bowen um, and the and the shiftlets, um, cats like that. And actually, I kind of grew up a little bit poor, and so I I used to sculpt my own toys and stuff. Um, uh, I I did uh, numerous sculpts of Venom uh, growing up, um, and now I can afford them, so I own almost all of them. Um, um, so I I went to school when my comic book stores closed down. I went to SCAD uh, to try and be a penciler. And then when I was uh, I was there, I was in classes with uh, Trad Moore and Jeff Shaw, who I'm doing uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Silver Surfer with, respectively now. Um, and Jeff, I've done like ten books with. Um, and so I got into class with those guys and was just like, Jesus, I'm so outclassed. Um, and around that time, I had to take like like a uh, like, like a mandatory writing class, and my professor Mark Nice. Uh, kind of took me aside and said that I could be good at it if I would if I would um, apply to it or uh, apply myself to it right mm -hmm. um, and so I did I tried I fell in love with writing and then I got an internship at Marvel that summer and then uh, left that internship uh, kind of renewed with like my batteries charged um, and just started making comics just started making little um, black and white ash cans that were fucking terrible they're so bad but I was tenacious and charming and very handsome. And so I was able to <laughs> talk a lot of people into doing a lot of things for me. Um, uh, and that led to getting uh, a, a Dark Horse Presents story uh, back to back at Dark Horse. And then that led to Buzzkill and that led to Paybacks and Ghost Fleet. And, um, and then Dark Horse got rid of me. Um, and then I went to Heavy Metal. And then I finally got to Image and did a book called God Country. And God Country got um, the attention of our then editor in chief at Marvel. Uh, Axel Alonso, uh, and they needed someone to start on Thanos right away. And it was just such the right place, right time thing, mm -hmm. because I'm such a Thanos nut. Um, I'm, I'm such a child of Jim Starlin, and that um, all that um, early cosmic stuff is, is, is my absolute jam. And so it was just, it felt, um, it, I felt right at home right away. Thanos did really well for them, and so I, I got uh, bigger and bigger opportunities, but uh, the day I got there, at Marvel, like the as soon as I signed exclusive, I uh, I told them that there was two characters that I I wanted more than anything in the world, um, and one of them was Venom, um, and the other one I can't tell you because I I got it a little while ago and we'll announce it soon. <laughs> um, but it was just a perfect storm. It really was. It was the Venom thing was a a, a character and a book that I had had my I, I've been into my entire life. Uh, when Ryan, Ryan and I's first issue came out on his 30th anniversary, the character was 30 years old the month that our first issue came, came out. I'm 34. Uh, I started reading Venom, and I was four. Um, and I've never missed an issue. I, I've just always been very enamored. And so, like, what you're reading in Ryan and I's run is honestly, like, a 12-year-old's fanfic that he worked real hard to make into fucking canon. Um, <laughs> as much as people don't want to admit that it is sometimes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and that brings me to you, lovely gents. Hey, well, happy to be here with you guys. So then the next question, why you guys, why do a podcast? Who gives a shit? That's you a know what, question. you're right. Let's, let's get out of here. 
This is stupid. What are we doing? I don't know. Um, Let's just go read more Venom or something. <laughs> that's, um, that's what I, I do think. I, I think what Ryan said is 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 pertinent. Like I I think that we do live in an age where people are able to. Um, one of the coolest things about comic books to me, even like when I was just still like a fan, was it's kind of the only. Um, um, uh, entertainment like avenue where you have such direct access to the creators and like almost all of us will talk to you on Twitter and stuff um, I think what Ryan and I wanted out of this was we don't we, you know, Ryan, are, Ryan and I are kind of unique in so much as um, uh, we are like really good friends and we make this book together at the same time and so we do have kind of a big stage and a, a big microphone already and because of the nature of our business, you just don't see that a whole lot. You don't see right. creative teams that get a chance to stay on a book uh, together as much as Ryan and I do, mm -hmm. right? And you, what you don't see, and I've always, I've always said this is one of my favorite things about Ryan is you don't often see creative teams where both of like the like the main people on the book are um, as big of uh, cheerleaders as the other person. Ryan is as into Venom, this book, as I am, and always has been, and has always uh, um, had a very big, like, megaphone screaming about this book from day one, and you just don't see that a lot. And people seem to, um, uh, I, I think that you can always tell when uh, when a, a, a creative team is having fun on a book. Mm -hmm. I think it always comes through in the work, and I think that uh, from me to Ryan to JP to Frank to Devin uh, to Danny, everyone on our book is having a blast, and they seem to really enjoy seeing us talk to each other on Twitter and mm -hmm. stuff. So we thought, well, hell, man, no one else is doing it. Let's do it. You know, it's only yeah. a matter of time before Tom King and Mitch start their own podcast, and I'd like to beat Tom at fucking one thing, uh, one <laughs> I, time. So I also think that um, the to me one of the interesting things about comics is, you know, there's there's only so few, so many people working on the books at a time. So it's really just like me and Donnie and Frank, JP, Devin, Danny, right? Like we're the only guys that know about this. So we can tell you everything about what we're doing. And I think that that's more interesting than, you know, in other mediums where there's a million people working on it. You, you, you're not going to get really the full story, but we can kind of give you the full story. That's what I've, right. that's why I've always liked those fan interactions with the creators because mm -hmm. they have all the information right there for you. So I wanted to share that with people. Hey, and yeah. uh, and we thank you for it. I may be hosting this thing. I may have a little experience talking about comics, podcasting, but first and foremost, I'm a fan, and I just sort of slipped through the gates. So I'm hoping that I can be the voice of the people for everyone um, and get to – and I'm very grateful to sit here with you that two guys. That faithful email you sent me that, that led to this. <laughs> uh, God bless. God bless my, my one connection I've made in my entire professional life. I made when I was 14 and somehow coming back around, baby. Um, <laughs> sweet. So you guys, obviously, you have, like – this this camaraderie that I don't think uh, happens on every creative team, obviously. What do you think it is about you guys? Why are you guys soulmates in Marvel Comics right now? I, I, I think that it just kind of happens that way. Like, mm -hmm. I've worked with... Uh, not every writer that I've worked with do I jive with right away, right? But Donnie showed me what he was planning for Venom, mm -hmm. 
And I was, it was like everything that I've ever wanted to draw. And he's still like, when we, when I get a script, it's like, I feel like he's just like, he knows what I want to do. And he, I, I'm sure that that's not really what he's thinking, but <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, this is exactly everything that I've ever wanted to do in comic books. This is why I draw comic books. This is the type of stuff I love. I mean, I think we grew up as image kids. Yeah. You know? We both love Todd McFarlane and all these things, and you know we're, we're, kind of ch- we're children of the nineties so much. I think yeah. we have, I think we have, we, we <clears throat> Ryan and I, um, like to take it back like one step. Like Ryan and I always kind of ran in similar circles mm-hmm. in comics, but we never really hung out before this gig. I knew of Ryan, Ryan knew of me, and all that kind of stuff. And then when they told me um, uh, that Ryan was going to be doing the book, I called Ryan. And it was just supposed to be like a, let's feel it out. Let's see what this relationship's going to be like. We ended up talking for like four hours, like the first time. Mm-hmm. I, just, I walked him through every arc. I mean, from Rex to the Abyss to Absolute Carnage to the four arcs after that that we're going to do, um, to the next event that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and every bit of it, Ryan was chiming in and being like, oh, dude, I can see how that, how, what, what that looks like. And was just like, adding to it i always liken it to i grew up in bands and like punk rock bands and stuff when someone comes to a rehearsal and they just start improvising in the right key and they just fit that was ryan like ryan just came into the band and was just like oh fuck we're a gang that's that's dope <laughs> i'd i'd never really had i mean i had had that on like a, on on you know i'm so, i'm i'm so lucky like i i I get to work with all my all my homies on my books. Like my first Marvel book was with Jeff Shaw, who I've worked with for damn near ten years now. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of always had that. But Ryan was kind of the first Marvel book that I was doing that wasn't with a dude I'd worked with forever. So I was like, man, how's that going to go? And then, well, what what Ryan just said about like he he feels like I'm drawing stuff for him. Um, I am, and I'm not. Like when when I, when I first started out, I think the first issue was written before you were cast mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah, that's true. And then I sent I sent that to you, but 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 now that we've worked together so much, I think you can see. I think you'll especially see it in Absolute Carnage, um, mm-hmm. that I know what Ryan likes to draw, and I know like what what um, what gets his dick hard about about like how to do action scenes and like how to. I know how to write a thing so that Ryan can show off, and I, uh, yeah, I, I love. I, I, we've gotten to the point in these scripts where there's a lot of. Um... Ryan, just make this look cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not gonna waste your time paneling this out because I know you're gonna change it anyway. Just right. make this shit look dope. I know, you, I know you will. You know, uh, which makes my job really easy. I mean, look, my job. I, I, I do. I have the best job in the world because, like, you know, fans will go to comic book shows and they will, um, they'll go up to like a Ryan Stegman or a Jez Shaw or a Trad Moore and they'll go like, Hey, will you draw a thing for me and I'll pay you money? And then they do it, right? They like commission art for him. That's what I do, but then they pay me. (laughs) It's stupid. Like I have a stupid job that shouldn't exist. I write things down that Ryan Stegman, one of the best fucking artists in comics, I write cool things that Venom does. He draws them and then I make money. It doesn't make any sense. It's so much yeah. fun. That's kind of how I felt when I got to write when I wrote that script, and they were like, "Kyle Hotz is going to draw it." I was like, "So fucking mad that you got <laughs> Kyle Hotz in tears, and I didn't. I earned that, Amazing. not you." Um, you know, I think that you guys will see it because, like, you know, we Ryan and I haven't been current on Venom for a while now because mm-hmm. Ryan had to leave the Abyss um, a little bit early. Um, to start on Absolute Carnage, and we sat out the War of the Realms 
issues, not because we didn't want to play with War of the Realms, we would have been happy to, but we needed time off to start building Absolute Carnage because mm -hmm. the first issue of Absolute Carnage is 60 pages. It's 72 pages with ads oh, and, and chapter it. breaks and everything, and we just finished it. All right. We just, like, Ryan just finished his last pages on it. See these dark circles under my eyes? <laughs> yeah, Ryan's been busting his ass. And I can, I can confidently say, like, with, like, no bullshit, no, like, hyperbole, it's the best issue of Venom we've ever done. It's, yeah, it's insane. I agree with that. Um, and it really is, I think people will look back, I hope we continue to get better, but I think that Absolute Carnage number one, at the very least, is a real high bar because it's, it's two guys who have been working together for so long and have been building towards something for so long. Um, I mean, you'll, when you go back and reread our run, when it's like in a big fat uh, you know, uh, omnibus, you'll see the seeds of Absolute Carnage mm -hmm. from issue one. And it's, we've been talking about it and talking about it and like, you know, sharpening that edge of our blade for so long. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud of this book and the 9 million copies it's going to sell. I got this, uh, Devin the other day was, um, our editor mm -hmm. was compiling the book and he said, it's been, it's 60 pages. So he's like, I haven't reread it. You've just been turning in pages for right. three months or f four months or whatever. And I was just like, you know, waiting for it all to get in so that we could start getting it lettered. And then the entire day was Devin texting me being like, oh, my God, on this page. Remember when you drew? <laughs> and he was like fanboying out and he's the editor of the book. You know, uh, Yeah, Devin sent me a big, long kind of uh, very, very sweet email saying that is it's it might be the best book that's ever left his office. That he, he said the same thing to me that he written mm -hmm. reread it with the art attached to it. And he was like, this is a hell of an accomplishment. And I mean, dude, I basically had to relearn how to write on this thing because, like, the pacing for a 20-page issue is pretty easy. Um, at this point, I've written hundreds of comics now, so I, it's easy for me. 60 fucking pages as one issue, the pacing on that is is a nightmare. And, like, trying to keep all your page turn reveals and trying to keep it from not slowing down and sagging in the middle um, – all those things. I mean, it was just it's hours and hours. It doesn't hours slow down either. It, it doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. Slow down. Um, and it's just um, it's a blast. It's a great issue. I'm I'm really proud of it. I get it. I get it. You guys want me to read it when I get time. <laughs> I will get to. Hey, maybe Carnage. we'll get you it's one fine. free copy. All right. Yeah. Just one though. Shit. I don't know. For me, thanks. <laughs> out of the 8.3 million that will be out there, you can. You have probably one. find one. Yeah. yeah. That was. I don't. I, I typically try not to keep copies of my own shit in the house, mm -hmm. but I only have this one because this is the like like the the UK version of our trade, and the UK versions of our trade are gorgeous because they have like this nice thick paper and stuff. So I I have that, but if I <laughs> I normally don't have shit. All right, did you so order we're doing, that? How uh, did you get that? They sent it to me. What? <laughs> they like me. Oh, shit. They like me a lot. You don't have to lie, Donnie. We know Venom number one is framed over your mantle. It's fine. I don't, dude. I don't. The single issues, because the comps I get, they send me every variant. Um, and like the first issue of Venom had like 48,000 variants. And so I just, I give them to my friends. Um, and like, I made a mistake with Thanos, because I guess some of those Thanos covers are pretty valuable now. Like all my dirtbag friends have these like five hundred dollar comics. Yeah, um, no, that's what I, I I give these to kids all the time, and then I'm like, I found out how much they were going for. I was like, ah, oh, uh, no, no. Uh, you guys will just have to make another fucking awesome comic book, I guess, and then just wait for that value to, 
you know, reap the go. benefits of that. I'll there never give away an absolute carnage. Never. Never. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Um, okay, so Venom number one. Venom number one by Donnie Cates and Ryan Segman, J.P. Mayer, and Frank Martin, a, a stellar creative team. You guys are going to, you know, bring us through this. You guys move through it uh, as you please at your own pace. And I will – I got a whole bunch of questions here from Twitter. Some of them okay. I'm going to interject uh, throughout the book, and the rest we'll get to at the end. How's that sound? Sounds okay. good. All right. Um, by all means, take it away. Uh, how do we sh- – how do um, – okay. So, um, so are we doing – so – so what characters do you want to play? <laughs> We're just going to read it. You it's do the symbiote and I'll be Eddie. It's too strong, my lord. <laughs> I wake up alone. Well, I'll, I, I can start like this. I mean, how's, a, how's this for a good place to start? I, um, when I, uh, this is kind of pre-Ryan being on the book. Um, when I first started on Venom, in fact, the, um, the second arc that we did, the Abyss, was going to be the first arc. Um, I had it in my head that I wanted to do a very quiet story about Eddie Brock first. Um, and it was actually going to start a little bit different. It was going to start with Eddie kind of having um, just retired completely from the whole Venom thing and kind of living out in the woods um, and uh, kind of being out on his own. Um, it's going to open with him like chopping wood with an axe made out of his symbiote. Um and like killing a bear or some dumb shit. It was real bad. Um, and then uh, went from there. And and very, very correctly, uh, C.B. Sabolsky called me, and he was like, this second arc that you have planned, Rex? And I was like, yeah. He's like, it's got a fucking symbiote dragon in it. And I was like, yeah. He's like, do that first, dummy. And I was like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, and so then um, kind of working and talking about the... Um, the dragon of it all and the null of it all and all these things. Um, I, I was talking to uh, Jason Aaron, who's a buddy of mine and an endless soy soy, an endless source of inspiration, um, an endless source of inspiration and help uh, whenever I get stuck on something. And I was kind of walking him through all of it. Cause if I can get like the first three pages of a, of an issue, I can, I can uncrack the rest of it. But for the fucking life of me, I could not figure out how to open the first issue of Venom. Um, and I was kind of walking uh, Jason through it, and I said that the name of the, of the dragon was the Grendel. And he was like, wait, but is it the Grendel? Like the real one, like from Beowulf? And I was like, yeah. And in fact, we're going to go back and like tell that story and like show that. And he was like, well, those are your opening pages. He was like, if you open a Venom number one on fucking Beowulf, like that's going to get people to like pay attention. Yeah. And I was like, that's a good call, dude. It's a good call. So that's a Jason Aaron thing. You'll find that most of the things I do well are because Jason told me to. Um, and so there's um, on this first page, I don't, I don't know if you want to talk about, oh, I'll say this, translated from ancient Norse, that little like editor's note, that was yeah. such an enormous point of contention for us. Um, because that's not the language that they spoke. Um, so, like, the, the uh, it's been, now, people are going to correct me on this, but it's been a while since I had to, to research this. Beowulf, like, where it actually took place was, like, in ancient Scandinavia. And so, like, I think my original one was, like, translated from, like, Scandinavian. And they wrote back, and they were like, that's going to confuse people. And I was like, but it's accurate. And they were like, just make it Norse. And I was like, I don't know if ancient Norse is a language. Um, but 
Okay, I'm sure someone... I, I never heard anything about it from anybody, so I guess it's fine. Um, um, do you want to talk about maybe the like the art of this page? Yeah, uh, so anytime that I open a new project, and a lot of times when I open a, an issue, um, I like to do something sort of a little different, like a as though we're doing a cool opening credits scene in a movie. So that's why we have like the um, the panels overlaid over the um, lightning shaped uh, symbiote yeah. here, um, and that was just like kind of a way of like, hey, this is something different, this is something new, you know, whatever. And then um, the I was really uh, nervous during these pages, right? So. I drew these pages with like the tiniest, tiniest pencil <laughs> because <laughs> it had to be like the tiniest line I could get. And I drew the shit out of these pages to the mm -hmm. point where like my hand was nearly bleeding. But these are also the, uh, the first three pages actually are the pages that JP Mayer did to try out for the book. Well, that's right. Um, I wasn't, um, I wasn't familiar with his work, but we were looking for somebody and we kind of run through the guys um that that you know the you know you say jonathan glapion and um danny mickey and these guys are all dc exclusive and i was like i want somebody like that like that type of style mm -hmm. and ricky purden to his credit was like um i got this guy he doesn't usually ink in this style but he sent me some samples that were in this style and i think that's how he wants to ink he just doesn't get to ink guys that you know it works on and so he sent me these samples, and I was like, you know, I was kind of nervous, and I was like, all right, well, we'll have him do a tryout page. And he sent us page one, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it was phenomenal <laughs> from the jump, yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, yep, yep, he's hired, let's do it. And he's been freaking amazing. Yeah, he's been killing it ever since. All the way through. Um, and uh, yeah, I will say one other thing I noticed in panel one. This is just like a, a bloopers reel here. <laughs> the, the things in panel one coming out through the, the sides of the door, that was supposed to be smoke, but... Frank clearly thought that that was a uh, symbiote. I think that's a better call. I think it should be. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah, it kind of works. You yeah, know? it kind of way works. Um, there's little, there's little like, um, like foreshadowing things just here on these first pages, um, including, in fact, um, our our first cover, um, the lightning that plays out through this entire mm -hmm. thing. Um, if you if you notice almost every scene that we like, we establishing shots all throughout this um, have lightning in them. Um, and that'll that'll play a bigger bigger role as we go on. I don't know if we can tip our hand on, on the on that yet, right? That that's well. I mean, that's going back to the symbiote's origin with Null. I mean, the the, mm -hmm. the way that the symbiotes kind of lost their bond with Null uh, in the first place and became what we know them as is because of lightning and because of Thor, and right. uh, and Thor coming in. So that's all there for a reason. These um, like like super like. Uh, you'll see that something that Frank does in his storytelling is as the book uh, starts to teeter over out of, and this will be in the entire run, uh, as it teeters out of superhero comics and into the realm of horror, Frank highlights those by just filling red on the background. Um, mm -hmm. So every single time it tips over into horror, he starts to just drench it in red. And that's because those panels are tipping us and edging us ever closer to absolute carnage. Uh, yeah, he's, which, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, um, he, he really puts a lot of thought into yeah. pages. He, he, he will message us and be like, can I do blah, 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 you know, and it's just gotten to the point where like, Frank, 
whatever you do is going to be amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, no, he, do, he's always he, asking if he can do something, and then we're just like, just do whatever you're going to do. We've never said no. We've never know? said no. Like, but he's yeah, it's always he, amazing. That's the thing, man. It's, it's our entire crew, like the Venom Gang, which is what I've always called it because it feels like that, uh, mm-hmm. top to bottom. We everyone is just so locked in and knows mm-hmm. exactly what we're doing here, and like exactly. Yeah, there's what very we're, little notes. There's no notes on scripts. There's very I can't little notes on. Art. Remember the last yeah. time we got a note? Yeah. Um, so when we get into the main, uh, when we kind of get out of our uh, our little um, dream sequence, not really a dream sequence. He's connected to past like hive mind memories and stuff. Uh, on page two, we get our first instance of the symbiote ancient language, uh, which is a pretty simple cipher for all those at home. Um, what that says uh, at the bottom there is God is coming. Um, and you can work that language backwards from there. Um, mm-hmm. So we've uh, actually, uh, a number of people wrote in with questions about the language. Um, okay. A couple of them, Nate F. and Morgan says, can we get a rough translation of any of them? And, um, and then Benji asks, um, do you have like an English translation method? Like, is there a direct translation? Do you have a chart with all the, the yeah, letters? Yeah, there it? is. And, and how that worked was... In the script, I said, um, I just wrote it in English, and I said, hey, get the Marvel bullpen to make this into a cool-looking language. And nice. they did. Right. Um, Comics! But, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, later on in the issue, you'll see God is coming when we see, like, the symbiote in, or the null infected of it. Um, and then you'll say, I think the first instance of the word null is written in that language. And it's uh, right before Rex blows the like detonates um, the explosive on Eddie's uh, face uh, there. So I mean, you can you can kind of reverse engineer it from there. But if you I mean, you kind of just squint at it, it it kind of reads in English. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so to answer the question, yes. Um, now one of the things that we did that we constantly do in this book um, is it's always kind of been my contention that like. Um, you know, the you know, Venom is the Batman to Spider-Man's uh, Superman, right? Sure. And so as a result, uh, you'll notice that almost without fail, it's nighttime and it's raining in our books. Mm-hmm. Almost all the time. And that was a very deliberate thing on our end because we did want it. We didn't. We're, it is our, our um, it's kind of our goal with this book. Um, and I've and Ryan's heard me on this spiel a million times, but um, you know, the Punisher started out as a Spider-Man bad guy, right? But none of us think of him like that anymore uh, because writers and uh, artists came in and and they made his world his own and gave him his own bad guys and his own like section of the of the Marvel U to kind of play in, right? And so that is our our ultimate goal with our Venom run is we want to separate him from Spider-Man's very long shadow. Um, and so a part of doing that is we, we wanted Venom's New York to look like Venom's New York. We didn't want uh, to see Thor flying by or um, Stark Tower or any of that kind of stuff. We wanted it to feel like a world in which he uh, encapsulates and he is very alone. You'll see in Absolute Carnage, I don't think it's any mystery to anybody that Peter Parker's in Absolute Carnage. I think that's pretty on Front Street, right? Um, yeah. When it's Peter shows up... Um, the tone changes and the colors change because all of a sudden Eddie is now for the first time in the book entering into the Marvel U 
And so things yeah. start to kind of change around him, and he hates it. Like, he hates having to enter into that world. Um, in fact, I think the door that he knocks on to go and speak to Spider-Man has 616 on it because he's entering in the Marvel U. Um, and so you'll see that here. We established this. My as addition, that, thank you. Yes, that was a whole Ryan thing. It's not me. <laughs> um, and so this is this is that. You can see here that, like, is a very, in, very stark contrast to um, a lot of the other books that you see at Marvel. Um, we wanted to give him his own feel. So it's dark and it's dirty um, and it's quite uh, horrible and alone. Um, uh, the page after that, unless you want, did you have anything to say about that page, Ryan? This, I mean, the page after that, it's just, uh, you know, try to make it claustrophobic and small right. and show Eddie at his very worst and, you know, kind of play off of what I remember from Daredevil Born Again when Matt Mur Murdock was all fucked up. Yeah. So, well, this is it. the shot that the Venom movie stole from us. Oh, um, yeah. With him <laughs> taking page. these pills and looking in the mirror. Which I was furious yeah, they about. Totally stole it from us. We, totally, we invented that shot of a man looking seriously into the mirror. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, the long hair thing. Uh, I, I. This is this is so much uh, Ryan and I being '90s kids, uh, because mm -hmm. some of the best slashed worst Venom books of all time. He has this long, gorgeous Thor hair, and I always loved mm -hmm. it. And I was I was pushing Ryan the entire arc of this to get him in the rain and have him push his hair back and give us a, uh, like that sweet uh, business up top and party in the back look that he was known for in like lethal protector. Um, I don't think Ryan ever did it, which is pretty irritating. Well, I will say also <laughs> uh, something on these pages is um, I remember we had a conversation and my instinct um, was to make Eddie, uh, you know, the ugly sort of McFarlane right. sort of bulky meathead. You know, meathead. Yeah. Very round. And uh, Donnie said, no, no, more handsome. And I was like, I, I don't see that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know about that. So I was giving him some pushback. And I think that you'll notice as I go through and I kind of grasp things more. This is one of the things I also love about comics is how we can, you know, Jack Kirby, the thing when he first came out, looked like literal poop, and then he became this rocky monster. Your Iceman was and a just fluffy snow cone. Without... What's that? Your Iceman was like a fluffy snow cone. Before yeah. they figured out how to draw ice. But I just changed, you know, slowly over time I started changing it, and we, we end up with a, a handsomer, you know, and he's still not like the best looking guy in the world, but now... The a leading man. Much more. Yeah. 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 And, and, and once I, you know, you get the grasp, like, no, we, we, this guy's a hero, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I still drew him handsome, handsomer than I did in Venom Inc., where uh, I drew him both monstrous and just totally disgusting looking. Well, so. and these were conversations that we had just like over and over and over again, developing the look of our Venom. Our Venom might right. not seem that dissimilar than like what you're used to, but it really, really is. It's, um, I kept on, I kept on pushing Ryan towards, um, make him look like a guy in a suit, like make mm -hmm. him look like there's a man under there. Cause I just, I just thought, right. uh, you know, you, you lose some of his humanity when he starts to look like the Hulk when he's Venom. Right. And at the end of the day, people love Spider-Man because of Peter Parker not because of Spider-Man right. or because of Miles, right? Because the character underneath the mask. And I thought that was something that had been kind of absent from Venom comics for so long. Is we, right. we, we love the way that Venom looks and we love this style, but 
I love Eddie Brock, and he's such a a, a, a character uh, uh, with such a fertile ground to kind of grow him into a, uh, a a little bit deeper of a of a person of a leading uh, hero. And so, as a result, we we push towards having him uh, look a little bit more leading man, a little bit more sympathetic, um, mm-hmm. and also looking like a man. Um, a recognizable human into this demon under a hero mm-hmm. a hero yeah. yeah no no nobody loves like the big bulky like like the joe mad ultimates venom is so freaking cool but it's awesome. we would have done that it, it would have cheapened what we were doing yeah. because he would have been you know he he would have just been a monster and right to us it's it's eddie brock wearing a costume not you know yeah. a monster you know he's not a total mon. he's still in there when he becomes venom yeah yeah, and it also it, it it also for lack of a better term humanizes the other half of him, the symbiote as well, because mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get lost in the in we keep on saying the monster of it because that's how I, I, I'm I'm only saying that because that's how other other people perceive him, right? But like it is the other half of him, and so you don't want to demonize it too much one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I know that's that's ironic coming from me and the shit that I've done in this book, but um, you want to you want to keep. Uh, it's a hard character to write because it's two characters. You're writing a team-up book uh, for the majority of it, you know, and so you want to keep those um, kind of straddled in as much of a, you know, a reality, uh, for lack of a better term, as possible. Um, the book, to me, like the concept behind Venom, the central uh, premise of Venom, has always been a sci-fi horror premise, and mm-hmm. it, it never got treated like that. It got treated like a just a, a bad guy or a, a superhero book, and so we're really trying to do that and I personally think it's fucking creepier if it looks like a dude with an alien on them rather than right. uh, the Hulk with sharp teeth that's you know yep. absolutely yeah and I feel like so many times over the years that we've seen Venom like when you see uh, Venom proper it's you know it's the big angry face like you were just saying Kate's the teeth the eyes the tongue it's all there um, but what you guys are doing here and, you know, Ryan, you draw these these faces that are so expressive and you're putting them on Eddie, you're putting them on the symbiote. And it's those things, I think, that you guys are, are, are doing that humanize Eddie. That's what you, you guys are talking about here. And I feel like there's just so many different times that we're seeing um, all these expressions on both Eddie and the symbiote's face. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's ripping Spider-Man's mask off in, in a fight so we can get a little bit more if Peter were making the eyes emote and everything. Right, and we do that all the time um, in this book. I don't know, I, mm-hmm. I do it all the time when, when Eddie lands or he's having a conversation with somebody, we always peel it back. We always yep. peel mm-hmm. it back so mm-hmm. we can see Eddie. I think I, I, my favorite time that it happens in the book, and it's later on in the run, is when Miles sees him and Miles is so scared. And Miles is having mm-hmm. this like horrible reaction and Eddie just instantly pulls it back and shows him his face and it's like hey man hey, hey, hey i don't know you but i'm like i'm not a bad guy and i think it's uh, to me an instinctual thing that i do in the book that i think it's just a thing that i i think that eddie would do a lot so that because he doesn't i don't think he wants people to be afraid of him uh, unless he does unless you're a bad guy and he needs you to be terrified of him i think when he's talking to peter he's talking to um, his son, for God's sakes, or anybody like like that, I almost always have him peel it back because those teeth and that and that tongue and those eyes—that's the war face. That's the claws coming coming out, you know. And that's a thing that Ryan and I talked about is that like when when the teeth come out, we always want that to feel like 
that's Wolverine's claws coming out. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, that's that's the war face. Right. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. take us over to the splash page actually. Yeah. Where initially, uh, so we got the splash page here of Venom swinging through um, after the uh, credits page, um, which was you know a big moment for me. But initially, we were gonna we we had him with no uh, mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was going to be uh, completely you know have no teeth there, and then we, we were actually bring the plan was. Yeah, we were. The plan was to show no teeth in this entire thing until he turns around and is like null infected. Um, but it just read. It didn't read the way that we wanted it to. It read like a big beefy Spider-Man in the black costume. Um, and especially with this being our big splash page of like, this page very much is me, you know, and and Ryan's like a, a statement piece. It's this is what our venom is. This is. You know, in the rain with a bag and like with those with those webs, which we haven't seen those webs with him in a long time, um, and so you know, editorial kind of walked us back from the uh, from the mouth the no mouth thing because they were like, if you're gonna do this, then do it, you know. Yeah, we kind of yeah. I, I remember our reaction was more just like, eh, yeah, fine, we won't. Yeah, find all right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, and so. After that, of course, we get this, um, which for some people were quick uh, on Twitter to point out um, some classic spaghetti webbing over here on the splash page. Um, yeah. Some uh, some classic touches there. Um, the next page over, we uh, we get a little visit from a brand new Jack O' Lantern and Grizzly, and um, let me find it here. Um, Venomaniac brother HH, he has a couple of questions for you guys. One of okay. which is, um, is that he loves Jack Lantern and, and Grizzly. And uh, wonders why are we using Jack Lantern? Why is he showing up here? Um, you want to know the real answer? Absolutely. Jack was the kind of the big bad of Rick's uh, Venom run, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to fuck him up in the first issue to show Rick. <laughs> 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 um, I didn't know. I'm learning something. Did right you not know that? <laughs> like, I. And don't get me wrong, like I I need people to understand that I love and adore Rick. I I I, since I think he's a brilliant writer and he's been a great friend to me. And I, a gun to my head, couldn't say a bad thing about Rick, but I am a competitive prick sometimes. And if I was gonna take over this book, all I heard when I like every every fucking tweet that I got when I was announced on this book was bring flashback. Bring flashback. Bring flashback. Where's Flash? All this stuff, right? And I'm such, I'm such a fucking 90s kid that I was like, yo, Agent Venom stuff was dope. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, mm-hmm. those books were fucking dope. But <laughs> Eddie Brock is Venom. Like, let's all relax. Right. Right oh, absolutely. Quick. And you've got right? that, uh, that scene a uh, couple issues down the line where, um, spoiler alert for, for some readers, mm-hmm. where Flash's uh, essence gets to be reunited yeah. with the symbiote, and we get yeah. that. Really, really awesome Agent Venom scene. And, and that was my, my I love you to Rick. That Absolutely. was my, because like also we want to touch every inch of Venom's history. We, we, we want to touch upon everything that has gone into making this iconic character that we are so fortunate to inherit, right? Because without Rick, without uh, everyone, without uh, Cullen and, and Mike and everybody who has done this book, we don't get to do this book. So it is 
sometimes it's a little poking fun. Sometimes it's a little bit um, paying homage. In this instance, I wanted to show that, yes, Flash Thompson is dope and was a really great character. Uh, but it did take him about 38 issues to beat this guy. And Venom gouges his fucking eyes out in an alleyway in about six <laughs> seconds. Um, so... But it's not, but I also went out of my way to make sure that I'm stating that this is not the same dude. This is a different <laughs> yeah. dude from that dude. It's just yeah. visually, it looks cool. And actually, what's awesome is that this guy, whoever the hell this guy is, um, is now the bad guy in Cullen's War of the Realms issues. And if you look closely at, at, at Jack in the War of the Realm issues, one, only one of his eyes is on fire. Oh, that's cool. Because fucking Venom, and I, I have a fun story about the, uh, uh, the, the eye gouging thing, which is pretty funny. Um, why are we using eye Grizzly gouging is always funny. And these other characters? The God's Honest Truth is I told Marvel Editorial in the script, I said, hey, I need a collection of bad guys who's available. Uh, and these were the characters that were available. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the long and short of that. All right. You know what's funny? I, the, the kangaroo... He's on here, right? That's him. Is that? Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went back and had to read some stuff with him just because I saw it. Like I was looking up reference, and then I was like, I want to read that book. <laughs> so stupid. Such you, a dumb character. Did you read any badass kangaroo stories, Ryan? Uh, no, there were there. I don't think there is such a thing. Hey, you don't. Hey, you say that, and then Donny Cates writes a goddamn fucking kangaroo. Yeah, book. he'll bring the kangaroo in, and it'll <laughs> yeah. be huge. Yeah, pretty yeah. sweet. Kangaroo number one. Yeah. <laughs> Kangaroo go get wins. it, folks. Speculators, go get it. Um, so yeah, you uh, you got this scene with them. Do you have any more to say about that, or do you want to move on to? Uh, to yeah, yeah let's go ahead. I'll just say um, this real quick. Sure. This page was really fucking hard. Uh, Which to one? Draw for some, the the page with them in the warehouse. Okay. Look at all that stuff I drew in there for something where we were just going to get rid of these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the gag, though, right? As you think, uh, yeah. I wanted to walk readers down a, a path of in these first few issues that, like, oh, you're reading a Marvel comic book, and here come the weirdo bad guys and all this stuff, and, like, this is what this whole book's going to be about, you know? It's very much a bait-and-switch, and you and you sold it as if this was going to about to be our actual plot, you know? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work unless I put all the work into it. Right. It's just, uh, I remember at the time being like, God damn. <laughs> gotta draw all these boxes and shit who cares it is the most boring part of this issue um not because of your art but just plot wise i can see if i was a venom reader and i got to this point and i was just like motherfucking the kangaroo and grizzly is that what we're doing is that what mm -hmm. this book's gonna be about you know um but we needed to get to a i needed to you know we needed to scare people you know um and this is the first and last time that we've ever acknowledged that Eddie Brock used to be a reporter. <laughs> He's taking pictures, which was not his job. He's not a photographer. Um, that's what Peter did. I always say that um, Peter's, Peter's, an, um, uh, Peter's an artist and Eddie's a writer, right? So, like, if they made a comic book, Eddie would be the writer, mm -hmm. which is weird to think about. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot on this um, I'm trying to. I, I haven't read this since it came out, so I don't know what this is even even about. Oh yeah, I got a little bit of pushback from editorial on this scene. There was a note that came very early on that said that he should jump, like that Eddie should jump down there and start like breaking it up. And that's absolutely like the faint of all this is that like 
the lights go out and like you know, like oh shit, Venom's about to jump on the scene and like do some shit. And the gag is like again, this kind of goes back to that thing that I was trying to do when I uh, did my pitch at the beginning was that he's kind of retired. Like he doesn't want to do it anymore. He has no interest in in being Venom because he can't control Venom anymore, and so he's scared. Yeah, Ryan, you want to talk about? I I can I just say I love. It's one of my favorite panels that you've ever done. Is this when fucking Venom straight paralyzes <laughs> this fool in the street? The panel two on this next page mm-hmm. where he he <laughs> kicks him in the back. It's great, it's brutal. Yeah, I I really I was super excited about this page just to get to do that all black, um, lightning from behind. Uh, I don't know that that was just like. That's another one of those ones where it's just like, yeah, I know, I know exactly how that's gonna look mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I even draw it. It just, it just had to be drawn then rather than like I mean, that, thought about. That sound effect, like literally, what else could that mean? He just straight paralyzed this fool in the in the street. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot I have of a tendency to be a little brutal in the fighting, and which I people love. will say like, oh, they would, he would never hurt somebody like that, you know? No, well, Spider Man wouldn't. Venom. Well, I, 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 that's what I mean. I go overboard even when Spider-Man does. No, <laughs> there's like, a oh, scene. Well, you don't know that they're actually hurt. No, <laughs> oh, Ryan, there's a scene. Um, Megan, my fiance, we were sitting on the couch and I was showing her all of your art for Absolute Carnage, that like PDF that we got. Yeah. There's that scene in the diner when Spider-Man does that thing to those guys. And she yeah. was like, Jesus, that's aggressive. And I was like, yeah, I know. That's that's some crazy. I was like, this dude's been drawing Venom for too long. Spider-Man's yeah. straight going ham on some fools. Um, so I again, think he knows how to just not injure people. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was like a WWE kick. He's just real trained mm-hmm. at that. Um, so again, uh, lightning. Um, I, I really liked this scene because I feel like... Uh, I, I always enjoy it in like Batman comics when we get to see Batman from how regular people on the street see him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was actually, this panel, um, I don't know if this is why Ryan did this, but this is why I, in the script I, I had him being uh, backlit and you can't see anything of him. It actually came from a conversation with um, uh, our, our stepson's actual father, uh, Todd McFarlane. Um, who Todd and I will occasionally we'll talk on the phone like three times a year, and he's the greatest guy, guy in the world. Um, uh, uh, and 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 when Todd was talking to me about um, about the art, and he was asking me who was doing it. I said Ryan was doing it. And he was like, "Oh, that's great! Like he loves Ryan to death." Um, he was asking us about the inking, and he said that um, that like the best thing that you can do for Venom is to just make him this like black void. Like, that light Mm -hmm. should just look like it disappears into him. Like, don't rim light him. Don't shade him. Like, disappear into the void. And I was like, that's fucking dope. And so, like, I tried to get that across in my script, and then Ryan came in and fucking nailed it. So many hands have have touched this character um, since the jump, like, since Todd and David. I mean, uh, Lethal Protector redefined him for an era. You flash forward, there's, I mean, then Rick came in and redefined him for an era. You know, there's all these uh, people who always come in and have these amazing takes on the character. And he's, um, I always kind of liken Venom to uh, Ghost Rider. That, like, Ghost Rider and Venom uh, kind of share this, like, um, the same space that when he first, when they uh, both characters came out, they were kind of just like a rad drawing and a cool, like, metal sounding name that no one could have ever imagined would be what they are today. 
you know? And then just like, I think a generation of kids who fell in love with that character and the way they looked, the way they sounded, the way they were written, grew up into positions where then they could take it over. And so for like Ghost Rider, you have someone like Jason Aaron, who so very clearly grew up being in love with that character. And then Jason Aaron gets onto it. And like Jason Aaron's Ghost Rider run was a big influence on this run because Jason came in and at a, at a, a time in that character's life where there was still so much fertile ground for the mythology behind that character. And he came in and he just blew it out and just like was able to build this whole backstory. Uh, Jeff John's um, um, lantern rebirth is the same way. Uh, Jeff John's came in and he used, um, he used every part of the animal, right? That, that was a huge inspiration for us. Um, cause I, I don't, people, people accuse us of retconning all the time. I don't think that we have that much. I, I'll cop to it a few times. Um, but really what we, what we were, what we're doing is finding, um, little pieces of Venom's backstory and the symbiote's backstory that just, there's not been any light shined on. Or yet, right? Um, and we try and use every part of the animal in so much as making sure that we state that everything that you've read happened, but mm-hmm. then just trying to um, um, uh, take all those stories and place them in a specific order and a specific, um, uh, placing them like dominoes that where we can flick them down, they all lead back to us. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and I think it's be- it is because Ryan and I are such diehard Venom fans that like, People have asked us, like, how much research did you guys have to do for the stories? And I was like, well, I mean, a lot and none, because I've been researching this gig since I was four. You know, so when I started writing it, not much, right? Um, I don't even know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. Anyway. <laughs> you know what oh, the eye about? gouge. The yeah, eye yeah. gouge, really quick. The eye gouge. Um, in the script, it is fucking the, the, the Red Viper Adorn treatment, dude. It's... Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. two thumbs in the eyes, like killing that fool. And we got a thing back from standards and practices at Marvel saying, uh, absolutely not. You can't, you can't gouge this guy's out in the streets. Um, no one was being a dick. It's just a standards and practices thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, very proud of myself. I wrote them back and I said, what about one eye? And they were like, that's fine. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> and sure. I was like, okay. All right. But I'm so glad I didn't just say like, oh, okay, I'll break his leg or something. I'm really glad because weirdly, one eye, scarier. It's weird <laughs> that like, because now he's looking into Venom's face as his other eye is being gouged out. Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. kind of more fucked up and way more metal. <laughs> so I like it. I like how it turned out. And also Ryan absolutely drew it. Like, here's the it's thing. Both eyes. It's, it's both, both eyes. It's In both. the second panel, you see both eyes. But then if you look at the splash page, he's covering one eye very clearly. Like, see, Disney? One eye. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> I even believe this. Well, you. it even says my eyes. My well. eyes. I know. It might have been a late edit that we had to, like, write around. I don't know. I'll say one thing about this page. I love how Frank colored the water underneath them red as oh, it yeah. trails away from his head. That's so brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Uh, the Everyone, next page, I know we have a lot of questions splash. about. So. Yes, there's yeah. so many questions about this uh, this incredible splash page revealing this this ancient Venom look, the spiral on the face, the red, uh, the red veins and the red spider emblem. Um, where does this design come from? That's what everybody has asked is, what? where did you get this look for ancient possessed 
uh, Venom. This was more or less in the script. Um, mm-hmm. um, man, I wish I had my script in front of me. I could just I could just read it to you. Um, I'll kind of add up all the pieces. Um, the there's a there's a few parts of this where Ryan deviated in brilliant ways. Um, so the little like it's like kind of pockmarked all over him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you guys know what, uh, what what is it called, Ryan? The, triophobia or tripophobia or something like that. Triophobia or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're nodding your head. Ethan gets it's it. This, <laughs> you can you can if you Google image search it, which please no. be careful if you do this because there's some it's fucking gnarly. Um, it's this, it, it's like these like concentric circles that like form in like people's skins. And if you see it, it can trigger a reaction in a lot of people that makes their skin crawl. Um, it's like, it's trichinosis or, or, or trypto, trichophobia. It's yeah. People holy figure shit. it out. Holy Do you see shit. it? Uh, <laughs> yep. So it makes your skin crawl, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And yep. no one really knows why the, the, the prevailing theory. And if anyone knows, online please tell me prevailing theory is that there used to maybe be some poisonous plants that looked like that that we've since evolved out of but it still triggers that emotion in us it still triggers that 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 like creepy feeling mm-hmm. and so i wanted the symbiote to look like that over his entire body so that we could trigger people into feeling uncomfortable um, when they were looking at this um the spiral is straight out of some like Lovecraftian Cthulhu shit. Um, which crazy is the Junji true Ito. detective, huh? Junji Ito. Yeah, that thing. What he said. <laughs> um, uh, it, 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 true detective was on at the same time as I was writing this, and I was like going down this rabbit hole of like finding all these like occult symbols and stuff. And that fucking spiral was all over that first season of True Detective, and I was like, well, okay, cool, yeah, right on, man. Um, the thing on his chest is not a spider, it's a dragon, which is foreshadowing for the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the symbiotes took the forms of dragons first and foremost. Again, trying to distance ourselves away from that spider theme, from that, from the, from the Spider-Man stuff. Um, I don't know what the, Ryan, speak to like the kind of red tubular kind of uh, veins and stuff on him. That was not in the script. Yeah, because that wasn't in the script. I don't know why I did that. I think it looks fucking it looks creepy. Awesome. It looks and yeah. then what? I had no idea they were going to be red, and Frank did that, and mm-hmm. he sent this page in, and we were just like, uh, yep. "Yeah, that's yep. exactly that's what it. we had in mind." <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. No, I mean, it looks great. I mean, it looks because that's the thing is like without those tubes and like the without that red that kind of emanates out of that dragon, um, it wouldn't look as infected. Yeah, and right. something primordial and, about it, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah, it looks, alive about those veins. It looks old, and I think the most important part of it with is you take those eyes away, you put that spiral on there, you lose by inches and by miles, you start to lose the human in there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a dude anymore. You know, that's a full-on fucking animal. Um, and what he's saying there is God is coming. That's that's the that's what that translates to. As well, I should tattoo that on me. That'd be fucking rad. The spiral or the text? Yes. Fuck yeah, go for it. <laughs> Do the spiral on your face. Get the whole dragon on yeah. your chest. What do you mean? I have a venom tattoo on my arm up up, up here, but um, if you order a certain number of absolute carnage, number one, they're gonna send you. This is real. They're gonna send you a booklet of temporary tattoos. 
and one of them is the null symbol, which is the dragon. Mm -hmm. One of them is the spiral, and one of them is my actual tattoo from my arm. I had to like take pictures of my body to send to Marvel for them to like like Wild. make a tattoo. It's yeah, it's weird. I did not know this. I don't know why um, my tattoos. I'm not the only comic book creator who has a sleeve. Like Jason Aaron has a f like two full sleeves, and he, he doesn't <laughs> get the tattoo thing. Doesn't anyway. He's got a Viking thing going on. I guess he's not. His brand isn't not as metal. Yeah, not as edge. Um, I don't know, dude. The writer of Thor's pretty fucking metal, dude. I don't know if I. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go around saying Jason Aaron's not metal. Listen, um, I will fight Jason Aaron any day. Let it be known. You will and, lose uh, not every only, one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> if only to be like, Jason, man, you're fucking killing it, dude. And then I'd let him punch me in the face, and it would be yeah. a blessing. My apologies, I don't have your name in front of me. But somebody asked what specifically is being said uh, in panel two of the next page. Well, that's what I'm looking for my... Uh, uh, I'm trying to find my script. I don't keep... I mean, he's saying God is coming. In... He's saying God is coming in the first one. I don't, I, I'm trying to look at... I think that first word is null. Um, oh no! It's God is coming. He's coming hard. Yeah, mm. he's coming super hard. He says, "He says God is coming, and so am I." Uh -huh. <laughs> this is <laughs> Ryan. You and I have to be really careful to, to remember that we're being recorded. Yeah, we had a good we had a good run. You guys want to you guys want to hear the description for the the. Uh, page eleven, the um, the splash with the thing on the the infected thing. Absolutely. Okay. Um, splash. Venom turns around to reveal that well, something is very very wrong. The suit seems broken, like it can't figure out how to make the tra the traditional Venom look. The spider symbol on the suit looks more like some sort of um, dragon, with the design of the legs now making up the bony wings of the creature and the abdomen snaking down into a twisting tail. It should look messy though, like more of a cave painting than a stylish spider design we know and love. As for the face, the teeth are all over the place, not able to stay in their place, uh, not, not able to stay in the place they're supposed to be, and they're in rows like a shark. Um, instead of the Spider-Man eyes, he normally has Venom has a bizarre spiral-like design in the middle of its face. Again, very tribal and ancient. This should be menacing and horrific. The suit also has small holes all over it in rough patches. I want to make the audience skin crawl when they see him. Um, tryptophobia, blah, 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 blah. Symbiote also has taken on a blood-red color here. Something is seriously fucking wrong. <laughs> hmm. We said red. Frank didn't do it. I guess. Still awesome. I guess so. Okay, so on that second panel, he says, God is coming. And he says, Null. Null is awake. All right. Well, there's that question answered for you, faithful fan. Um, yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks for pulling that up. Do you guys yeah. have any more to talk about before we get introduced to Rex? No. All right. Well, or do you, Ryan? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk for you. We're no, that's good. For okay. Rex. Um, so we do have a couple of, uh, questions here, uh, about Rex Venom, the same Venom maniac, uh, from earlier asks, what do you guys imagine Rex Strickland sounds like? Uh, for me, I picture Halo's very own Sergeant Avery Johnson. No, Danny Glover. it's Danny Glover. I mean, he's, he's designed <laughs> to look like Danny Glover. He is Danny Glover. In fact, Absolutely. his original name, uh, in the script was Rex Harrigan. 
and uh, his name was Rex Harrigan because um, because Lieutenant Mike Harrigan is Danny Glover's name from Predator Two, which to me is the best Venom film ever made. Uh, <laughs> Predator Predator Two is Venom. It's Danny Glover chasing Venom around the city. Um, and it's actually a movie that I watched for inspiration instead <laughs> of to write Venom. Um, you heard it here first, folks. Predator 2 equals Donny Cates' Venom run. There's no... Yeah, but you pretty much, man. And so he looks like him, he sounds like him, talks like him. Um, that's who he is. Sweet. Sorry to... Hey, s- yeah. I'm looking at this book right now, and uh, I gotta say, this art's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking good, this? dude. Who drew this? I mean, uh, J.P. Mayer and... Frank Martin are knocking it out of the goddamn park. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, dude, I haven't looked at this since it came out. Like, I don't, I don't, I, cause, you know, you and I spend so much time on this shit that it, I get, I get the comps and I never really look at them again. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good looking thing. And God, look at that incinerator. We really, we really foreshadowed the fuck out of that incinerator for oh, yeah. issues and issues and issues on end. Do not mm-hmm. forget, there is an incinerator. This you know innocuous what? warehouse that has a working giant incinerator. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it has that. It seems like it was a good idea. It seems or like why it has amps. Why it, why he has amps in it? Well, it's you know he's obviously. What's cool about this? I, I I always thought you know what when this issue came out, people said, and I completely get like why they would think this. People said that this was so obviously an issue written. Uh, about Flash Thompson, mm-hmm. and then like we we found out we couldn't use Flash Thompson or something, and so we subbed in Eddie. And I completely get that. Like if you read this with that in mind, you could get that because this whole plot with like Rex and like um, the well the plot you think you're reading, which is like <laughs> oh ancient soldiers with symbiote tech and uh, Shield has been disbanded, and you got to go get these ex soldiers out. And everything that's that's a great Flash Thompson story, right? Um, but you know, when you start to zig where everyone thinks you're gonna zag, which is that it's not about fucking any of that, and it's about the god of symbiotes, I think you kind of lose the the um, the Flash Thompson of it all. Um, not that Eddie's any more equipped for it. So Rex, Rex is here. What do you have to say about the character Rex? Um, Besides the fact that he's Danny Glover. It's, I mean, what else needs to be said? He's fucking Danny Glover, dude. He's a <laughs> national treasure. Um, so was the was the twist with him planned from the from the Oh, beginning? yeah. Let me just say, like, people ask us that all the time. Like, was this planned from the beginning? Was this planned from the beginning? Ryan, everything was planned from the beginning, right? Like, that, uh, first, that first phone call with you was was went into who Rex, what Rex really is. It went through the Vanam issue. It went through every twist in the abyss. It went through every twist in absolute carnage. It went through Null's origin. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you had it all. It was all there. Yeah. It was crazy. All it of was this like shit a, is, is it was like a beautiful mind. It's it's planned out, and then like the arc that's after absolute carnage, the arc that's after that, and the big thing that's after that, and the thing that's after that. Like, I I very uh, famously went to my like I think my first Marvel retreat, and got kind of endlessly clowned on because I literally, how the Marvel retreats work is there's like roughly 12 or 13 of us that are like exclusive writers and we go and we sit in this like kind of round table with all the editorial staff and then all the um, um, 
like TV guys and the movie guys and the theme park guys and the merch guys and the video game guys and just like everyone, right? And then uh, we just go person by person giving like book reports. So Jason will tell us, you know, what's cracking on Thor and Dan will go through, you know, Fantastic Four and Iron Man and then I'll do, you know, whatever the fuck I'm doing. Um, and when I had to go my first retreat that I walked through Venom, I walked through five years of Venom arc by arc, damn near issue by issue. And it was only my second retreat. And like CB was like, dude, are you, are you, when is, when does this arc come out? And I'm like, this would be 2021. And he was like, you don't have to go that, you don't have to do it that far. He was like, just tell us like what's happened like this year. And I was like, well, I didn't know. And like, I literally, I think I talked for like 40 minutes and that is not what you're supposed to do. But Every retreat since then, I've it's never changed. It's it's just that's the plan, and it's I knew what my entire run on the book was going to be um, a few months into getting the assignment, like how it was going to begin, how it was going to end. As a result, it it's kind of backfired us in a in a, a few ways that are temporary backfires. Um, it is hard sometimes for fans to see the. Um, the 50,000 foot view up to mm -hmm. see the grand story that's being told. Um, and so they will sometimes think that we're losing our way or that we're like, we're like um, losing the plot. But like, I, 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 I firmly believe that when this is all collected and when we do get to our end point and we stick our landing, you'll be able to go back and see that we were always telling one big story and that every piece of it is important and all of the things that you might think are like weird or fucked up or like the Dylan stuff seems to be out of nowhere or what the other like criticisms that I don't agree with that people have levied at us. It's just that they can't see, they don't know the shit that Ryan and I know that like Devin knows that JP knows that Frank knows that Marvel as a whole knows. And so like mm. people who are emailing Marvel and telling them to fire us, you're, you're wasting your time. It's not ever going to happen. Um, uh, and if you don't like it, you can just wait for the next crew. Um, but we're, we're, we're locked in The story's not changing. It never will. I'm ready for Welcome it. Welcome to the Everybody podcast, mother Ryan, are you... Yeah, come on. They got a podcast now. They're not going fucking anywhere. Ryan, are you ready to draw all that shit? How excited are you, man? Yeah. I mean, the the exciting thing for me is knowing what I'm going to be doing for however long. Like, uh, you know, I kind of jumped around quite a bit prior to this. Um, and, you know, some projects I liked more than others. And this one, I just know that I love the project and I'm just going to be doing the stuff that I love for, you know, the foreseeable future. So I don't have to w worry about anything. I'm just, you know, I'm just locked. I'm, I'm dialed in for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, it's cool too though, right, Ryan? Is that like, as we get to talk, like, you know, so much, so much of the time in comics, especially coming up in comics, you're, it's always so uncertain of like what mm -hmm. the next thing is going to be. And it's just so right. gratifying and cool that like as we're getting into absolute carnage now and as we know what the arc after that is and like the, the kind of the grand plan that we have, we're we're getting to all of it and we're doing it all. Right. And so like the plans yeah. it's it's so fucking rad that like talk about things and then years later like we're like, oh shit, we're doing that thing now. That's 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 cool, you know? And, and also, I mean, if this book could have not done well. Right. And they could have been like, you know, but it, it seems to be doing so well that 
we're going to get to do everything that we wanted to do. Yeah, that's the thing, is that like it could have... Unbelievable. Someone in the room, uh, I think it was one of my best friends, Matthew Rosen, whatever, um, uh, uh, he was just like, that's a really big plan for a book that you have no idea if it's going to work or not. And I was like, yeah, but fucking plan big and then wrap it up if it gets canceled. But like, I'm never going to go in expecting myself to fail. You know, I'm always going to go in expecting... Because like, I... If I don't believe in the story, how can I expect anyone else to ever believe in it? You know, right. so like you always you always go in with expectations that you're gonna that the book's gonna be dope. Otherwise, why why do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, we're 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 doing a, a director's commentary, um, <laughs> so um, we always just get distracted talking about how dope we are. Um, yeah. I always quite liked this sequence of two men. Uh, playing their own game against each other while the symbiote plays its own game around them, right? Mm-hmm. Like the symbiote sneaking up on him and this reveal that he knew that Rex knew it was there the entire time mm-hmm. and uh, you can't sneak up on this shit. You want to ask, was this shit planned from the beginning? Well, how else did, did Rex know it was there if he wasn't a symbiote himself, right? Spoiler yeah. alert. Spoiler alert. Um, and by the way, people have asked me this. This panel on whatever page this is, where he, you know, Rex is asking him all these questions about the symbiote and kind of dressing Eddie down about like, how have you never asked these questions? Like, how have you never delved this deep into this thing that's attached to you? And this scene, this last panel where he says, "What's its name?" People have asked me, "Have I forgotten about this panel?" No, no, that's that long game shit, guys. Um, questions that are asked in the first issue that are answered in, in the last. So hang in there on that. Um, and then these other questions too. This was kind of a larger theme for me, which is a, a, something to me that makes Eddie, this is what makes Eddie Eddie, or what makes Eddie Venom to me, is that like every single time a different character has gotten the symbiote or a symbiote, they've always gone through this process of being fucking terrified of it, or at least being... Um, uh, curious about how it works or or blown away by it or shocked or having some sort of a visceral reaction to having fucking in this like alien like invade your consciousness and all these things right and bond to you um, Eddie got it a long time ago and was just like dope let's roll and like to me what kind of a man is that like that's what's interesting about Eddie is that Eddie was not afraid of it at all Eddie got it and was just like fuck yeah, I'm Venom now. Let's roll, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what Rex is talking about here. People thought that when this came out that I was dressing down either the readers or I was trying to be like holier than thou from the readers or like to like past runs. I was like trying to shit on past runs or something like that. That's not at all what's happening here. This is literally Rex asking Eddie, like what kind of a man are you that you don't know that? Like why why are you, right? and that's a theme that will go on into the beginning of the next issue, which begins with who is Eddie Brock, right? And that's kind of Rex's path here, is Rex was our kind of a conduit to try and get to the bottom of some of those um, kind of deeper answers about what kind of a man Eddie is. Awesome. Um, Ryan, unless you have anything you want to talk about from this scene with Rex, I think we could jump ahead to um, Eddie's confrontation with a fleet of trucks. Well, that yeah, let's go ahead to that, Ryan. That picture excited about of that. the soldiers was a stat, right? Well, yeah, but they they asked me to do like a a really uh, nice version of it so that we could use it for the cover for um, 
Venom number one. Venom. So basically, Venom. Um, there was, I was, I did a uh, drawing in there and it was just kind of, it wasn't super detailed. And then they were like, wow, we should spend more time on that. How about if we do this? Um, you know, and then we use it as the cover to Venom. So then I, so I drew it much larger than this panel here and then we shrunk it down and put it in yeah. there. So that's why it's. Yeah, and I don't know if we got into it. Is it in Venam or is it in this? I think there was a line that was originally in this where Rex um, said what his code name was, um, what his like his Venom name was, and his him and his symbiote uh, they were called Tyrannosaurus Rex, which is yeah, I think a that was a, fucking metal was name for a Venom, symbiote. I don't think that we had that. Yeah, I don't think we had it in here. Um, oh, little trivia. Uh, 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 Rex's new last name, Strickland, comes from Strickland Propane from King of the Hill, um, which is uh, based on the town that I grew up in. Uh, All right. I came from a little. I I I come from a little town in Texas called Garland. King of the Hill takes place in Arlen, um, and it's just fucking like that. So it's a little tip of my hat to my Texas heritage. Sweet. So should we get into these trucks? Get into the trucks. Eddie's facing down. Yeah, Ryan, uh, this was this was not how this scene was in the script. Do you want to tell him yeah. how you, how you just bitched out on this and, and didn't <laughs> didn't draw it the, the the way that it was supposed to? Well, Donnie wanted <laughs> the symbiote to be invisible, to to be in an invisible mode and like wrap up Eddie, and so you see Eddie there, um, you know against the truck mm -hmm. but then there's like a, a clearly a shield around him so basically smashing into it yeah so it would be like eddie's just standing there and then when the truck hits him the truck would wrap around the invisible form of venom symbiote around him and then it mm -hmm. would uncloak to show that venom was there and ryan called me and he was like i ain't got time for this shit <laughs> it was like i don't, I don't, well, I don't have time for this shit <laughs> i showed him a layout that sucked and we were like, I don't know, like, there's got to be something better. And then essentially, we just, uh, we, we got to the point where we were like, well, maybe he should just be in his costume. And then, right. you know, we just changed it so that he starts, um, his eyes turn black on the previous page and the symbiote starts coming out. And then, uh, you know, then the next page is the best Venom spread uh, of all time until, until August. Carnage comes yeah, out. until August. <laughs> there, there's a spread in we we're such cocky dicks that Absolute Carnage the number one features an homage to Venom number one. <laughs> we we homage our own spread, but like a, a million times bigger and and more metal. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's one of those things. Honestly, Ryan was his instinct was right because that's a scene that would work really well in a movie, like a live action right. scene. That invisibility thing would work. Sometimes shit works better in different mediums, and sometimes the writer's eye isn't as strong as the artist eye. And you know, that's another. Well, I think we both saw it. We saw the layout, and we were just like something. In yeah, it didn't click the way that it. it it's a. It's kind of a motion based. Uh, pivot right and we you don't, mm -hmm. just don't have that in this and we need it you know this is venom number one you yeah know, you need this uh shot yeah you know you need this big moment um this is uh i will cop to this um i wrote a book at dark horse uh with my friend Dan, daniel daniel warren johnson that was about um it's called the ghost fleet 
It was about a uh, a fleet of black ops truckers, and that series got canceled. It was supposed to be twelve issues; it only lasted eight. But in the issues that never got published, there was this idea of secret highways that ran underneath the country that they would haul stuff, and there was just going to be this big action sequence in one of these underground highways with the fleet of trucks. And I just completely scrapped it and put it in Venom. So this is a little bit of my Marvel work crushing my Dark Horse work about how I got pissed off about it. And so Venom like crushing this um, this canceled series that has always been a sore spot with me and Daniel. You know, it's funny. Also, you mentioned Daniel. I showed him this layout and uh, he was the one who was like, have his feet digging into Yeah. The- Oh, that uh, makes concrete, so much sense. So. That's such a Daniel thing. Yeah. So I added that. Rising concrete. Um, thanks to him. Yeah. Um, well, hold on. I wanted to see if I had the script for this double page splash because I can't imagine that it says much. Um, but I, I, again, whatever it is, because like if I was writing this for Ryan now, I'd be like, oh, dude, this is so crazy. I'm looking at the script page for these two pages and it's like a paragraph long. Um, nowadays, I would write this as Venom stops a big ass fucking truck, make it look dope. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but then now it's it's like fucking two paragraphs. Why? I fucking overwrote the shit out of this thing. Um, but yeah, what's ha- what happens next? This is where shit gets real. Because like, honestly, the entire book is just kind of a bunch of zigs and zags and feints to get us here. And as you can see, as we were talking about Frank and Frank's storytelling, look at how when that double page spread happens, how the entire palette of the book changes and it turns into a horror book. You see that? How things start getting really hot and things start getting really weird. And as you start turning pages, you see that. You see how it just keeps on getting weirder and more out there and like they stop being, um, it's called local colors. Like local colors mean that like you would color if if um, you know if my shirt's black, you would color it black, right? But then you start to go to these like more expressive stuff where none of these colors are actually what they would actually be, but they're 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 storytelling. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so Frank just starts going buck wild because the book starts turning into what it really is, which is a horror mm-hmm. book. Um, so yeah, what happens is um, uh, you know. Fucking Venom opens up a truck and hell is inside of it. These men have already been corrupted. Um, they're they're already dead. Um, they're already kind of uh, infected by by null. Um, there's something else inside there, uh, inside that truck that was being transported, that was uh, opened up. Uh, one of my favorite two panel sequences when um, the symbiote bows down, and then there's that kind of like that gunslinger shot of the tentacles forming into that blade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so fucking dope and creepy. Um, and then Eddie turns into Sabretooth for a panel. And then... Uh, <laughs> um, and this caption here is, uh, I, I, realized, I realized too late that I'm screaming into a void. Um, which is literally true if you go back and read it after you know who Null is. He's literally screaming into the Lord of the Void. Um, And so uh, Eddie gets fucking dealt with. He gets stabbed through his chest to the greatest sound effect of all time, splutch. 
Um, mm-hmm. Exact. I, I've stab- I had to stab somebody in the chest so that I could hear what it sounded like. Splitch. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that's just research. You can write that off on your taxes. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, these men, uh, they go back into the truck. Uh, they open something. Um, and when they come back out, they're fucking dead. Um, and their symbiotes have been ripped clean off of them. And those symbiotes combine with whatever was being held captive in that. And we turn the page to reveal what that thing was. And it was the motherfucking Grendel. as a fucking dragon. Um, and that was supposed to be a page turn, but it's It wasn't. It was one of the, page the most fucking infuriating things. Um, it was, you know, you, you, it's a 30-page issue, which are always tricky because you have to put ads in them and shit. Um, and in the trade, it's a page turn, which is great. Um, yeah, they, they fixed it. They fixed it in the trade. Well, because I wrote it as a page turn. Like a page 30 should always be a mm-hmm. page turn, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I had to sacrifice a few other page turns. Like the original, the, the splash page of, of, of Venom being infected um, the first time we ever see it. That's not a page turn in the book because I had to write it that way to get that page thirty page turn. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just like the 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 uh, pagination of the book, right? And then due to ads and all kinds of things like that, uh, and no one's fault. It's it's this shit happens all the time. And again, thirty pages are tough. That that God is coming big, big splash page ended up being on the uh, right side of the page, just like there in plain sight, which is a bummer. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it still worked. People it's, still like it. Yeah, it's still cool. And so. I actually, that's the only original page of Venom that I own. And I don't even own the pendles. I only own the inks. I own this page, the first appearance of the of the dragon. Hear that, Ryan? Your pencils weren't good enough. You needed the inks, too. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, that's a whole story. That's a, yeah, <laughs> bullshit. Here's the thing. It is, um, it is considered somewhat customary um, for the writer of a book to, somewhere along the line, uh, mm-hmm. receive a gift from the artist of a original page. It is considered somewhat of a custom. Now, what happened, <laughs> and I, Ryan's rolling his eyes at me for those who are just uh, listening. Um, what happened was, because this is the uh, best book in the whole world, every fucking issue of this book, art sold complete, which means that a buyer came and bought every page before it ever came out. So Ryan couldn't mm-hmm. give me a page. I wanted Ryan to go make that money, son. Um <laughs> Uh, what happened was a collector came by my table and had me sign original art from it. And I was looking at it and I just told this guy, I was like, man, I got to tell you, man, uh, it makes me really upset that you own these. Like, It makes me really upset <laughs> that you have these and I don't have a single page of this ever. Um, and Ryan, you and I have never told this story. Um, right. So I made him a deal. He was like, he was like, if you will, if you will draw me, he said this to me. He was like, if you will draw me into the book, um, I'll give you the inks from this page. And I was like, done. And what I did <laughs> not do was ask Ryan if that was okay. Because um, I just called Ryan later and sent him a bunch of pictures of a random dude at a con. And we're just like, hey, you got to draw this guy in. Because <laughs> that's the only way I'm ever going to get a page. And so that guy is the cop uh, in the free comp book day issue. Uh, yep. Like oh, the wow. second page or whatever. That's that guy. And now he he owns all of the free yeah, comic book day art. And he, he bought the whole thing. Bought it all, and that's why I don't have <laughs> any of that shit either. Ryan <laughs> yeah. keeps on, on Ryan sends me dope pencils all the time. Today he sent me a cover to Absolute Carnage number four. And this is my life now. I was like on the phone earlier t- today. I was like, dude, that page is so dope. Can I have that? 
And he goes, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's just like, it just, it's a joke now that I'll never get to own a single page You'll get of Venom. I never, no, I do actually own uh, the first drawing of the, of the, um, of uh, the way that Carnage, the Carnage's new design from Absolute Carnage. I own the first mm -hmm. drawing that you ever did of that. Yeah, I did it at the, the retreat that we did. Yeah, because you were sitting next to me and I took it off of your lap. <laughs> like, said, I'll, this is mine. I'll have this I'm one, goddammit. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm, I'm such a fan of you. Pardon me. I'm sorry I love too hard, Ryan. You know, I resent all fans. <laughs> all of them. That, I want that out there. Um, <laughs> so that's Venom number one. I, I know I kind of, I kind of, uh, I was just kind of doing like the, the, the quick action beats. Ryan, did you want to talk about any kind of specific um, like art scenes uh, or, 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 or shit that you like in here? No, I'm just, I'm really proud of it. I, I, going back through it, that was really fun for me because, I mean, I haven't looked at this in a while. And, you know, I just completed a 60-page issue that nearly broke me. Yeah. And uh, just seeing this, I feel like uh, this is all worth it. All this work is worth it. It's, this is a great book. Uh, every, you know, Frank and JP are doing unbelievable work. Yeah. I'm just, uh, this kind of, like, got me more stoked. So this Yeah, I kind of, right? Yeah, it's totally. I mean, we, 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 we never do this. Like, we always, mm -hmm. we're always looking forward, you know. We never. Well, we're always, yeah, we're always hard on ourselves. So this yeah. Is, Pretty neat. Yeah, because here's the thing that people don't I seem to get about Ryan and I is that we we always call all of our shit dope and we always like pat each other on the back so much because we are um, uh, joking uh, because we are so concerned about uh, the craft of the yeah, book and we do actually we want insecure. it we do want it to be perfect and we work our ass off because we know how much this character means to everybody and how much it means to us um, right and the majority of us being you know quote unquote cocky and all that stuff is we want we're venom we're venom heads and venom maniacs just like everybody else is and we want everyone to feel like we're really into it just as much as they are but we do labor over this stuff and we do we're very critical of ourselves and uh, well I, I would have the worst Twitter feed on the planet if I went on there and said what I was actually thinking right. like guys I'm really scared I don't know if you're gonna like <laughs> well, this that's the thing though Ryan right <laughs> is that what they don't what 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 fans don't hear are like the long phone calls of you know, uh, you calling me anguishing over a page or me calling you right. and being like, the scene's not fucking working and I don't know how to make it work right. and it sucks. And, you know, and, 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 you know, that is a testament to how this creative team works and stuff is that Ryan and I always have each other's backs. Even when I have to tell Ryan that, like, nah, son, that's trash, you got to redo that. Or Ryan has to call me and say, like, that scene's not garbage. You're, you're writing garbage. Don't do, don't, don't do that, you know? Um, so, yeah, we take it seriously. We're just, we're just real cocky about it. <laughs> hey, you heard it here first, folks, on Ryan Stegman and uh, Donny Cates. Everybody uses humor as a defense mechanism, even <laughs> your favorite comic creators. Yeah. Welcome to Venom Boys, everybody. This yeah, has been our very it. first episode. Um, I'm Griffin Sheridan. That's Danny Cates. That's Ryan Stegman. A uh, little behind the scenes here, folks. We got Ethan Smith is also uh, part of this. Ethan is one of the producers along with me. He's sitting here silently being the best rewind boy possible, taking notes, making sure that uh, we don't sound like shit. Um, and Ethan is at Tales to Astonish, and you can hear me and him on uh, Spider-Man Rewind at Spider Rewind. Um, Ryan, Donnie, you guys just finished your first episode of Venom Boys. How do you feel? Refreshed. I feel, I feel like a million bucks.
And that's going to wrap us up for our very first episode of Stegman and His Amazing Friends. Guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. If you liked what you heard, first off, come back next week for episode two, where we're going to answer your guys' Twitter questions about Venom issue number one. We're going to have some more Donny Cates. It's going to be a great time. But also, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that in a variety of ways. First, you can email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. If you've just got some thoughts or a question about the show, go ahead, send it our way. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Stegman Show. So if you want to get a behind-the-scenes look at some of the things going on in the show, or if you have, again, some questions, then by all means, follow us on those platforms because they're going to be uh, super fun moving forward. Now, you may have noticed these lo-fi beats happening in the background here, and while they may be nice to chill and study to, they're not exactly what we're looking for to open the podcast. So, if you've got an idea for a theme song, please send it our way. Again, that's stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. Send us something fun, something quick, something bitchin' for this bitchin' podcast, maybe even something in the vein of the intro for the cartoon that this show gets its name from. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever you got, we want to listen to it right here on the show and decide what's going to open up every episode moving forward. So whatever you got, send it our way. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen, and we will catch you next week for episode two of Stegman and His Amazing Friends. And I think this person's making fun of us by saying that we should call it Edgy McEdge Edge. <laughs> That's pretty sick. And Donnie, I don't know if you're aware, you do have several tattoos, which I believe makes you pretty edge. I'm pretty edgy, bro. Yeah, I'm super edgy. Mm-hmm. I oftentimes have hair colors that are not my normal one. So edge. pretty edgy, you guys. That's pretty edge. And I'm pretty um, edgy because I have two kids that I scold. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He screams at his kids a lot. Which is pretty yeah. edgy, you know. Right. I think, Threatening to turn the yeah. car around, well, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. One, one of like being like a bad dad is like super edge. edgy. Yeah. <laughs> edge dad. Nah, nah. Ryan's just got the edge because he's got all that height on him. So people are like, "You're you're pretty edgy. You're super yeah. If you want to be edgy, yeah. we'll let you be edgy, man." <laughs> That's like my most the comment that I get the most at conventions is they'll say, "Can I get a picture with you?" And I stand up, and it's like I like unravel <laughs> as I stand up, and then they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> it's so it's dude, it's so irritating. So I'm I'm six feet tall, but when I put up pictures next to Ryan, everyone's like, "Oh, I had no idea that you were short." I'm like, "I'm not fucking short." <laughs> Ryan's a monster. Not I'm an adult man's short. height. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. We like listen. Nah, short. you should. You're all handsome and big yeah, come, and charming. I love this it. Guy. Come on. All right, come on, Donnie. We're doing our own podcast without him. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan's fired. Can you draw? Maybe we just call this podcast the Handsome Cast. Yeah. Handsome Boy Modeling School. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a name. thing? That sounds like an yeah, anime the... more so. <laughs> oh, man. I, I should have an issue of Venom in my hands, huh? Probably. All right. hey, Give me a second. Hey, Ryan hey, Vamp. Who came prepared? Who came I, prepared? Dude, I, didn't, hey, right I completely forgot we were phone. doing that. Give me give me a second. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Unprepared. Mr. Struggle over here. Donnie Cates. I was so prepared. I even shaved for this. I didn't. <laughs> I was so well, I mean by shaved you, I'm still You're right, yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was telling Ethan. I was like, man, I feel like I should be wearing a suit for this or shaving or something. And then I did none of those things. 
And you know what? It's all right. The audience can't. I definitely, I got all the way to the point where I was going to shave, and then I was just like, who cares? But then I did it anyway. Come on, Ryan. Nobody cares. Uh, Nobody yeah, cares. I asked my wife if I needed to. She said, eh, you always look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to save right. you, Ryan. Come on. Um, all right. Let me see if I can find my script here. Because um, it, is, it is something about no. And I like to think that I've never fucked around and put something stupid in there. Um, I think that I think that's true. I think I've never like snuck a like a, you know, like a Baba Booey or some stupid shit in there. It's a real old cut for you for you youngins out there. Um, that's Vanam. Is that number one? Uh, fuck. We can cut out this part where I'm searching for a thousand years for this fucking script. I was actually planning on leaving it in. It's a really experimental podcast we got going. There's <laughs> a lot of dead weird. air is what we're playing with. It's avant-garde. <laughs> you know? Oh, here it is. I got it here. Hold on. <laughs>